Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hi, I'm Natalie Holroyd from NHS Employers and I'm here today with Kevin McAleese and Gail Adams. We are chatting about the call for evidence that was launched on Monday the 24th of June. Gail and Kevin, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Gail Adams, I'm the Head of Nursing for Humerson and I'm the Starside Chair of the Working Longer with you. Hi, I'm Kevin McAleese, I'm the uh, Joint Chair of the group uh, on behalf of NHS employers. I was until March uh, chair of NHS North Yorkshire and York cluster. Kevin, can you tell us about the NHS Working Longer Review? What are the main objectives? Okay, really we're, we're, we're trying to find what the evidence is both in this country and internationally about the practical implications of people working well into their 60s and to find as many ways as we can of supporting staff and employers in addressing and mitigating those effects of having to work longer so that the services people provide continue to be effective and patients continue to receive the highest quality of care uh, that, that they can. And Gail, how do you work as a tripartite group? What does that actually mean? Um, well, in a nutshell, the tripartite group came out of the final agreement on pensions last year, um, and it is a tripartite for the very simple reason that it's three core groups of staff, i.e. NHS employers, the national trade unions, joint unions, and the Department of Health. Um, and it was set up in that way so that it was a collaborative approach to looking at the implications of working longer, um, as Kevin said, on staff and on patients and on the service. You have recently published a summary of an audit the group commissioned. Can you tell us about the key findings? There's a, there's a number of them. Uh, for me, some of the ones that stand out are, first of all, older people in general perform as well as younger people. Uh, that individual health status of an individual of a person is actually the most important determinant about whether they are feel able to carry on working or not. And, and that employer support which addresses job demands and responds flexibly to individuals is likely to the be, be the best way of retaining people at work and motivating them to want to work longer. The, the, one of the challenges is that the perception that working longer in the future is a forced option for people because it, hitherto, whether you work longer or not, was essentially a matter of personal choice. And the real challenge is this feels like a forced option. And then, and the other one that stands out for me is that there is a real shortage of NHS-specific evidence about good practice in relation to supporting people to work longer. So they, for me, are some of the things that stand out. And I think just to complement that, it's um, you know the overriding. The overriding message, as, as Kevin was just concluding, is, is the lack of NHS-specific evidence. So um, in addition to identifying that, the researchers um, with the gaps are also going to help us prioritise further consideration of any other research that we might want to undertake. So it is about staff having confidence in the systems and processes, um, and it is about looking not just internationally but looking broader than health to sort of find different ways of how people can work and and if they're unable to then what are the circumstances that that can be facilitated so load we need loads more stuff on retraining and how we support staff kevin your next piece of research will be the call for evidence can you tell us what this is 
Yes, that, that really is building on what uh, Gail was just saying. Because there is a dearth of NHS-specific evidence and, and, and UK wider evidence, what, what we're wanting to do with the call for evidence is, is say to anybody in, out there in the NHS, um, ideally it would be um, a, a project that staff side and management had worked on together. It doesn't have to be. It could be submission from anybody. It's, it's finding age-friendly practices and ways of supporting older people at work that are effective. Um, and, and so the call for evidence, as Gail said, is, is, is addressed to the service as a whole and it's designed to address that evidence gap that the audit we uh, got Bath University to do shows is still there. Gail, why launch a call for evidence? What we're trying to do is make sure that our work and any recommendations that emerge from the work really stand up to scrutiny, you know, that they're really tangible things that people can do that can help staff, that can help the service. And there is a lot of anxiety around the changes to the pension and the fact that staff will have to work longer. There is some anxiety that people feel they may not be able to physically. Um, and there are so many challenges facing the service that it's really difficult, I think, sometimes for employers um, to focus on, on this as a key issue. So we wanted, as part of this process, really to use um, the call for evidence as an engagement opportunity with staff in the service, with other stakeholders and with, trade, with the trade union. Um, and as Kevin said, you know, we want, we basically we do want to hear from anyone. And it, as much as it would be fantastic um, if they've got research to back up what they do, equally, you know, we want that bright spark in an organisation that is doing something that isn't necessarily research-based, that works for them. And there may be some places where they've tried stuff and it didn't work, and, and we think that we can learn equally from things that don't go quite as well as we can from the things that succeed. So it's an opportunity for us to encourage, to reassure people uh, about the integrity with which the tripartite review is being conducted. And, it, and it's an opportunity also for us to challenge some of the thinking um, around how, you know, how we crack this nut of enabling people to work longer whilst providing high quality care and how the service balance some of those um, demands that will be placed on them. Kevin, who can respond to the call? Essentially, anybody can respond to the call. We're, we're not in any way trying to be prescriptive. We're, we're, we're assuming that the responses we get can be directly from individuals, they can be from trade unions uh, locally, they can be from employers locally, somewhere in the country, or they can be joint responses. And we have no preconception about how many responses we'll get. We are working really hard jointly uh, to publicise the call for evidence, which is why we're doing this, 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 uh, this podcast, so that uh, we're trying to push it up the agenda because the problem is at the moment the NHS is really, really busy. So, so we're, we're wanting to get the call for evidence into the consciousness of organisations so that we can get a good response by the closing date of the 5th of September. Could you both tell us what people should respond with? What evidence are you looking for? I think we're looking for anything. Um, we're looking for evidence of best practice. We're looking for examples of how organisations have worked differently. Some people have uh, retired, left the service and they've come back. Um, so we're interested to hear their experiences. Some people change their career pathway partway through, 
um, perhaps because of health reasons or perhaps because of personal reasons and organisations have to adopt different flexibilities. We've also got people um, who have to do their role slightly differently, perhaps because of a health issue or because of a disability. So we, we want to hear anything and everything that helps us make a better decision. And, and that is why we're, we're casting the net wide. So there is, you know, there's no story that's too small for people to tell us. Um, and there is no idea that is, is too big that we, we don't want to consider. You know, we want, we want acorns as well as oak trees, um, and we, we want to hear from everyone. And everyone's voice is important to us. And what I'd add to that is we want the stories warts and all. If, if, if a, a, a local practice has developed which delivered, but there was there was some kind of unintended consequence of it. We want to know that as well. So it, it, it's not we're not looking for polished um, pieces of work. We're, we're we're looking for for stories which help us find ways to address this really big issue of supporting people to work longer, while whilst they remain productive. Kevin, can you tell us how people can respond? You can email to callforevidence at nhsemployers.org. Or you can post the evidence to NHS employers at 2 Brewery Wharf, Kendall Street, Leeds, LS10 1JR. And I, it would be really helpful to us if we got as much as, as possible of the evidence of our email. And Gail, can you tell us what happens next? So the call for evidence is now open um, and it closes on the 5th of September. So we'd encourage anyone and everyone to tell us how we can facilitate staff working longer and if there are any impacts to, to share that with us so that we've got a rounder understanding to make recommendations. And we genuinely want to hear from you. This is not a tokenistic approach. This is a genuine, serious intention to engage with the service, to engage with the unions and other stakeholders and staff. So this is your opportunity to share with us your thoughts, your learning, your experience. And we're really looking forward um, to hearing from you and we just hope that people take this as a real opportunity to help us shape um, our recommendations because that is its intention. Thank you for listening. If you would like any more information please visit the NHS Employers website or follow us on Twitter at NHS underscore WLR.